The Essential NBA Newsletter is here. It's me, Zach Harper, and I'm bringing you the top NBA storylines each day, along with insider news from Shams Tarania and expert analysis from the Athletic NBA staff. It's all straight to your inbox for free with The Bounce. Sign up now for free at theathletic.com slash bounce newsletter. Hey everyone, Demi here. Did you know that the latest PS5 show is sponsored by Bet365, the world's favorite online betting brand? The Bet365 app now lets you access pre-match and in-play markets, provides instant match updates across the biggest sports, connecting you to every game that matters. Bet365 also stream over 150,000 live sporting events every year. Download the app and try out the Bet Builder, which allows you to create personalized bets. Calculate the odds for any football match right there in your hands. Bet365 is the world's favorite online betting brand. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and the Apple App Store. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. This week on the latest PSX, the hosts sit down and discuss episode four of The Last of Us HBO Show. Will it be yet another 10 out of 10 rating from Alex? If you haven't joined our Patreon this week, then head over to www.patreon.com forward slash latest PS5 or click the link in the description to listen to this week's extra episodes. Incredibly exciting. It's really about as a developer, it's an amazing feeling to have. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode 132. Damn! In the words of Kevin Hart, damn! (laughs) Of the latest PS5. I'm your host, Sonny Sangero. We've got a great show for you this week. We're going to delve into the Sony PlayStation financials for the last quarter. Is Iron Man suiting up? Is he assembling? Is he ready? Alex, you're going to be excited because we're going to talk potential Last of Us 3 murmurs. Oh, lastly, yes. Is the PSVR 2 outperforming PCVR? We're going to get into that and more. And who better oh. to get it in with than Mr. Alex Sylvester? How are you doing, my tech what's up, what's bitch? Up? <laughs> I know you're just speaking about yourself there, but it's okay. <laughs> so yes, I think I am doing well. Um, I'm very, uh, I'm hyped up after the uh, last episode of The Last of Us. Uh, they should have just titled that episode, like, Dad Jokes. It was, it was a complete stark contrast to last week, wasn't it? Anyway, we'll dive into that a bit later. I can't wait to get through the news, because we need to talk about Last of Us. <laughs> just we do, we do, we do. And uh, what Alex is referring to there, if you are a Patreon, you get to support the show from just £1, one euro or $1 a month. You get access to extra PlayStation shows. And for the next few weeks, uh, our latest PSX, which is Patreon exclusive, is all about The Last of Us, HBO, and our reviews for each episode, which we will be doing later today. But before we get into all that, Alex, what have you been playing over the last week? Uh, SpongeBob, SpongeBob SquarePants, the um, race for bikini bottom. Uh, got it installed on the uh, PS5, the latest and greatest game available on the system. Uh, and me and the uh, the little twins had a good old time on it. Really. Oh, is that the new uh, one, the Cosmic Shake? Yeah, I have no idea what it's called, man. That's just like you just said, SpongeBob and playing crazy. So <laughs> it was that pretty they hogged it as soon as it was installed. I have not had any time to actually play the PS5. <laughs> They're loving the game, man. But uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a great platformer. You know, a lot of, very colorful. 
and it keeps them occupied. You know, so um, so yes, thumbs up for any parents who wants to get a game to occupy their kids. SpongeBob, <laughs> they know what they're doing. That they're doing. Excellent, excellent. Well, myself, it's you? the same as last week, Football Manager as well. But I've been playing a lot of Football Manager via remote play. So, oh, obviously, really? okay. um, I bought this little £12 like plastic connector that holds the phone and it holds the yeah. controller. So, it's just like, yeah, you know what I mean? And it's, it's great, you know what I mean? It's absolutely great. And I didn't know, this is how I don't really use remote play that much, that... I thought remote play was Wi-Fi only. I didn't realize that I had to, I had the option to switch to use my data on my phone. Okay, yeah. And the moment I switched that on, I feel like I'm sitting in the same room as it. I'm I'm at work, <laughs> and yeah. the PlayStation's at home, and I'm playing it pristine, clear on my iPhone. Milli to milliseconds lag. I was like, yes, nice. I, I like yeah. this. I tested it out, and I even whacked on Gran Turismo Seven, and it was running yeah. fine. A few little, screen? like, you know, it, it has that occasional, like, millisecond donk, but it's, yeah, like, yeah. once in a race. I was like, oh, my God, what is going on here? So, remote play, ladies and gentlemen, remote play. Um, you know, I'm but, a yeah. advocate about that, you know, but, but, um, but yeah. on the mobile network, come on. I mean, what network you want? So O2. Just... O2? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, true. But I get, I, I get full bars. I get full bars at work. Um, yeah. And it obviously it gives you the option. So when you click the little um, settings icon, and you switch mobile data, you can actually, dependent on your data, you could choose like how much data you want the phone or the app to use, mm. and that will tell you the equivalent of oh you're going to get seven twenty then or you're going to get ten eight. I was like screw it, I got unlimited. We're going max on. <laughs> everything you know what i mean and it, and it does warn you loads of times that are you sure that this app uses a lot more data than streaming services which just shows you the complexity like, Hell yeah <laughs> i mean it shows you the complexity of like you know streaming a video game because you're not you're streaming yeah. something that you're playing as well which is i still find that absolutely ridiculous right that my connection on my controller when i press a button is zooming back across that network to the playstation to like oh man it's mad um we are skynet already uh, <laughs> I, i've hit a brick wall with the pedestrian which is that strat uh, that puzzle game i was telling you all about i'm stuck on a level and i refuse <laughs> i absolutely refuse to go onto the google to find out how to oh do it gosh. i will do it myself god damn it <laughs> Just give it to me. Don't worry. I'll do the share remote play and I'll sort it out. You know, I didn't play the game. I can figure it out. You don't need to. It's free. You've got it. You own the game as well. You... Okay. So we've got a lot of news to get in through uh, this week. But what we'll do first is we'll jump over Demi. She's excited about the game she wants to talk about this week. So over to you, Demi. Another week, another game recommendation. Now, you may remember on some occasion me mentioning the developer Bloober team. And if not, then let me get you up to speed. They are the current developers of Silent Hill 2 Remake. If you do know who they are, then you probably already know what my recommendation is going to be. It is only Layers of Fears. Settle in for the evening and prepare for another country retreat in the Layers of Fear universe. Layers of Fears that's plural, is an updated and enhanced version of Bloober Team's OG horror venture from 2016, Layers of Fear, that holds in its Inheritance DLC and the original's indirect sequel, Layers of Fear 2. 
Built in Unreal Engine 5, the old Shining-esque mansion is more terrifying than you remember, but houses a similar number of melting paintings and mind-bending haunted hallways. Said to expand on the original game's story, expect even more psychedelic, toe-curling horror when Layers of Fears lands at some point in 2023. Excellent choice there, Demi. This is pre-recorded, so I don't even know what you talked about. If you talked about Street Fighter Six, it's shit. All right, number one. Are you ready, Alex? Sit back, relax. Let's it. talk some numbers. Deep breath. Let me just get a cup of tea first because this is a long one. Always required. Exactly. All right, number one. Sony Interactive Entertainment has shattered records for its most profitable quarter yet pulling in a whopping $8.8 billion during the three-month period ending December 31st, 2022. So this is uh, October, November, December. This is your most profitable possible um, quarter that you will ever get. This is a record figure for the PlayStation hardware business during Q3 2022, with console earnings firing past $3 billion thanks to the PS5's ever-growing success. Rephrase that as just availability. Sony's gaming business generated uh, revenue of $8.797 billion, with total games and network services revenues growing 23% year-on-year, representing a $1.6 billion increase. Meanwhile, Operating income hit $820 million, which was the best profit for a holiday period by barely eclipsing last year's then record of $817 million. Must have been that PS4 version of God of War. Thanks to the availability of PS5s at retail, Sony's hardware business spiked 75%, with Sony shipping 7.1 million consoles during the holiday quarter. Sony did announce last week something we spoke about here on the show, that the PS5 has now shipped 32 million units worldwide and previously revealed that the console shortage that had plunged the machine into just peril is now officially at an end, which we spoke about with this new marketing campaign that they're doing. Elsewhere, PlayStation Plus subscriber numbers saw a slight bump to 46.4 million on a quarter-over-quarter basis, but they're still slightly down from 48 million in the same quarter the previous year. However, revenue from network services increased by around 17%, suggesting that Sony's revamped PlayStation Plus subscription tiers are pushing up average revenue per user. Sony will have to continue selling PlayStation 5 consoles at a similar rate if it wants to hit its target of 18 million consoles sold by the end of 2022 finance year, which means it needs to sell an additional 5.2 million consoles between January 1st and March 31st. Switching over to games, actually, hold on. Hardware, which was console and accessories, accounted for 48% of all sales, followed by game sales, which was 42%, and then network services such as PlayStation Plus on the PlayStation Network, and ad revenue was 10%. Digital games and add-on content, in-app purchases and DLCs remain the largest categories, accounting for 40% and 43% of total game sales, respectively. 20.8 million PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 first-party games were sold in Q3, and full software game sales, which includes third-party, was 86.5 million. That surprises me, because the majority of Sony's first party is now on PlayStation Plus, so who the fuck is buying these games, right? <laughs> it's nuts. Um, 
Mm. Aside from subscribers, the PlayStation Network, which can be accessed via PlayStation Plus, has 112 million monthly active users, up 4 million from the previous quarter. This increase could be in part thanks to the increasing supply of PlayStation 5 consoles on the market. I'm going to read this next bit after, Alex. Let's just go back to the numbers. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Sony and Nintendo both... As expected, massive, massive numbers. If they had more machines, they would have sold more machines, but they didn't. <laughs> There's only so many. And it's funny because what people don't realize, I was watching a report on Forbes, and they were saying that yeah. companies like Sony and Nintendo have machines to sell but they, there's no shipping containers to ship them in. So they're just stuck in their, oh, really? in their warehouse because they, that, <laughs> that people don't realize it's coming out of COVID. The big shortage as well was shipping containers. Do you know what really? I mean? And China own most of the shipping containers and shipping lanes around the world and things like that. So getting them is very expensive. So you're either shipping them or air freighting and you can air freight faster, but you can't sh air freight as many as a ship will. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. They could have sold more, but they just didn't couldn't get the machines <laughs> into. Couldn't into... get the machines out. Uh, but yeah, I guess, and also, I guess they were um, being cautious just in case there was like another, you know, event mm. like that. You know, where there's going to be like another ship shortage. But I'm glad to see that they're actually on the shelves now, and uh, we can actually just get into this generation as we should be able to. You know, if you can actually go into a store now and pick up a PS5, that means that scalpers are picking themselves because they've got like ten PS5 stocked up, which they can't really get rid of. You know, for anything you want to want to get for. Payback, uh, but that's how it should be. Exactly. You know, I mean, they were exploiting that opportunity, but I'm really happy to hear these numbers. Mm, yeah, definitely. And like you said there, I mean, it's two years overdue that you can actually... The, oh, the, uh, five days ago, officially, was the first time in two years you were able to go on Amazon and just buy a PlayStation 5 without joining a queue <laughs> or pre-order or anything. Five days! No bots, no nothing. Wow. Two years, Alex. <laughs> two years, that's ridiculous. Yeah, we're living in that reality, but I just, I just hope they manage to sort out that chip shortage. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, Nintendo Wii, is that you? You know what <laughs> I mean? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I mean, because the last time I saw that was literally with the Wii, where you just couldn't fucking buy it, you know yeah. what I mean? It was yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Okay, so this one's interesting. Looking forward, this isn't official from Sony, but it's come out, like, you know, how they tend to leak out when they do this sort of stuff. Sony Interactive Entertainment. Just remember, this is the record year for them, quarter, right? October, November, December, they sold seven, over uh, just under 8 million consoles, Um and they're saying that next year, October, November, December, they're going to sell over 10 million, which would be wow. just like a, another like world record. Mm -hmm. And however, they're only expecting to sell August 2023, one and a half million consoles worldwide. That's it. Now, mm -hmm. sprinkle sugar on me and lick it off. But I would have to say that that has a certain Spider-Man <laughs> release date. What? In that quarter, right? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Are you thinking, Alex, new hardware, revised hardware in that quarter as well? Revised hardware. Then, yeah, I mean, we've been hearing about that discless rumor, haven't we? Uh, so they've been doing what they can to increase their cost-saving measures, making the system lighter, making it a lot more efficient on the internals with the cooling side, and at the same time, increasing the price, you know, but that's just keeping in line with inflation, I guess. But yes, getting it all ready for that big... I think it's going to be the reverse, dude. I think, think if they're saying I think if all they're saying August is gonna be their lowest with only one and a half million, that means nothing's coming out in August, right? They're not gonna pepper the market, they're just gonna sell through what's left at that price point. 
And then I think that next quarter, which is October, November, December next uh, 2023, so this year, I keep thinking it's next year, this year, yeah. um, you're going to see the revised hardware, which will be cheaper than what it currently is, only by like $30 or $40 or something like that, nah. bundled with Spider-Man 2, obviously. Nah, and obviously, not, they'll be pushing factions. They're not going to keep, they'll get, they'll they'll keep the that, same yeah. price. They will throw a bundle, they'll bundle it, but they're going to keep it the same price, it's like they've already trained the market. So, you know, they've already increased the price, right? You know, for all the territories. Uh, so that, that's going to be the next price for the next two years at least. But they will, put, um, I don't know, like throw Spider-Man in there. But for an extra 20 quid <laughs> or $20. But, um, but yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right, though. Yeah, they're, they're at, they do have to phase out this current model, this range. But And, like, August is normally a quiet month anyway. I mean, when do they not? I mean, it's a perfect period, really, just to release, like, a big game. But it's normally quiet, isn't it, for the summer? Yeah, I think obviously um, this past year it was there, there was nothing anyway. But for me, I would think to myself, okay, that means that you are maybe holding factions into that final quarter as well, or has that game already released and come out? Or what makes it even scarier then, Alex, makes me wonder that if you're thinking of a shit August, you're not showcasing in the summer because you do a summer showcase when you're planning to sell, which is making me wonder, like, okay what's going on you can pretty much guarantee a showcase in that final quarter then you know um or a state of play with spider-man 2 in it that's a guarantee you know and there'll be a state of play for factions as well so they'll have their own separate entities but it seems like sony are assembling all the pieces to hit that record quarter but someone else is assembling alex and that's an avenger oh, yeah. in himself yes uh mr tony stark himself and then he's again uh, EA Motive has announced that it started full production of its single-player Iron Man game following its reveal back in September last year. The news comes following a Reddit AMA with a member of the EA Motive team revealing that it started working on the game. In the same response, it also said that the, it's interested in continuing to work on the Dead Space franchise, having shipped its remake of the original game in late January. They go on to say, we've said both internally and externally, that we would be interested in continuing our work on Dead Space franchise. Our core group is passionate about the brand, and we need to discuss what's the right next step for us. There's numerous factors that need to be taken into account at the studio, the company level first, but the team will take a well-deserved vacation before determining what is next. Good advice. Um, they also go on to say that we have an amazing team at Motive that has started working on Iron Man, and you can rest assured that it's great. It's in great hands. So, uh, I'm so kind of you, but I did have an incredibly solid foundation of a story and characters to work from. The original Dead Space writers did an amazing job. So, Iron Man is one of the least, um, what was, oh, sorry, is Iron Man is one of at least three games that will come out of EA and Marvel's partnership. Although, right now, there's not much to know about the game other than it will be an action adventure title with a strong focus on a narrative. And that last line is key. As long as they keep it as a Quality, high quality narrative, good storyline, and then the gameplay can be what it is. They'll they'll definitely get bumps on seats. They'll definitely get punters at stores. Um, and I'm I'm happy to hear that they're actually going to be focusing on making the Iron Man franchise a decent franchise to be uh, reckoned with because it's a great character. But I think that VR experience, I think that was very niche, you know. And there's so much that they can actually do with um, Iron Man and the whole franchise. Not to mention the slew of characters in the the whole Marvel universe. Who could also make an appearance, um, you know, in the Iron Man game? So I'm looking forward to seeing what they've uh, 
they're going to bring to the table. And especially when you've got the likes of Spider-Man 2 coming out, Wolverine is going to be hinted soon, right? You know, you know they've got to level up. You know, they've got to make sure that it's the mark these days. Hmm. Nobody wants another Marvel Assemble. Yeah, or I Avengers think... Assemble, where it's called. I'm, I'm not worried about the Sony Marvel games because Insomniac are behind it. And, you know, if the rumors are true that Wolverine is going to play more like God of War, I'm like, fuck yes. Thank you very much. I'm not complaining about that. Yeah. Iron Man's tricky because your key element is that he's got flight and he can fly quick. So, A, you need to get that working well. And like Spider-Man, if you, if if the swinging and the traversal is not right, the game's not right. So let's say they get that right with Iron Man. Now you've got to think of the, the size of the map he's got to fly in because you can't hit an invisible boundary because that's just going to ruin the complete illusion. If he's flying through yeah. New York, it will take him two seconds to get across Manhattan. So you just got to think, how big is the map? And then when you make the map that big, is it going to be dense? Is it going to be boring? It's going to be really interesting to see how they navigate all this. It's like a Star Wars game. How do you navigate a, a super powerful Jedi? You know what I mean? Um, who could yeah. effectively just kind of float across the map if he wanted to. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. They've got a ground Iron Man a bit, so it'll be really interesting to see how yeah. they do the story. Um, yeah, definitely. And build it up. But they, obviously they can create specific sections where your flight is going crazy like over an ocean or something like that but i'm intrigued you know i'm more intrigued surprisingly i find myself more intrigued about iron man than i do black panther because yeah, i feel I mean, like yeah i feel for like the reason i mean iron man's a, i mean there's been a lot more outings with iron man and i think if they do go down like that um that avengers you know that ultron route you know when you've got loads of like copies of ultron and um about and he's got to taking more down any adversary which is going to be on par with his skill set i think that could be a good side you know mm. so if they focus more on like the the combat side as well like they've got the flying aspect but yeah if they go with their hand to hand the cqc or you know this close quarter combat uh, if they double down on that they can actually just evolve the character a bit instead of him just being a guy who just stands there blasting with his hands or flying across cities and you know in, mm. in a blink of an eye but um yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how they're going to evolve the character, and hopefully they do to uh, Iron Man what the last of Wolverine, it was Wolverine Origins, that game, did for mm. Wolverine. You know, because after that game came out, it just evolved Wolverine's character in the, uh, in the, uh, let's say the MCU, but it's before the MCU. The, you know, the cinemat cinematic version of Wolverine, he was more combative. You know, he was actually using a lot more combinations, and I, I really do hope that they, you know, they continue to do that and involve these characters, and now with Iron Man, so... I'm looking forward to see what it Excellent. The Essential NBA Newsletter is here. It's me, Zach Harper, and I'm bringing you the top NBA storylines each day, along with insider news from Shams Tarania and expert analysis from the Athletic NBA staff. It's all straight to your inbox for free with The Bounce. Sign up now for free at theathletic.com slash bounce newsletter. This week on the latest PSX, the hosts sit down and discuss episode four of The Last of Us HBO Show. Will it be yet another 10 out of 10 rating from Alex? If you haven't joined our Patreon this week, then head over to www.patreon.com forward slash latest PS5 or click the link in the description to listen to this week's extra episodes. You do not know everything, boy.
And again, listeners, if you don't want advertisements, why don't you consider supporting the show and getting ad-free episodes via Patreon every week? And in exchange for your support, you get extra PlayStation shows and a lot more features, all advertisement-free and early. But Alex, number three, this is certainly not early. It's going to be a while away, but let's talk about it. Number three, Naughty Dog is working on The Last of Us Part 3 with PlayStation 6 in mind, according to you. According to a new report, news comes by way of an anonymous source at Sony speaking to the site, which claims that the third chapter in the successful post-apocalyptic horror franchise is in progress and is being made with Sony's as yet unannounced PS6 in mind. However, he has also claimed that The Last of Us Part 3 will come to PlayStation 5 towards the end of the generation as well. Furthermore, it is claimed that the game could possibly be released towards the end of 2026 and that its budget depends on the success of The Last of Us HBO, which is currently airing on the US and the UK. So we know that's going to be a big budget. Also reported is that Troy Baker, who voices Joel in The Last of Us games, would be up for returning in a new entry, but didn't know if it was in the pipeline. Naughty Dog hasn't announced anything yet, but Neil Druckmann has said he feels there's more story to tell regarding the franchise. This isn't the first time that we've heard rumours about The Last of Us Part 3 being in production. Back in December, it was rumoured that Naughty Dog was working on the sequel. Just remember that The Last of Us Part 3 has not been officially announced yet. Alex, yet. Uh, Neil Druckmann's been talking about it. Troy Baker's been is. hinting about it as well, you know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, after the success of the show, I mean, what's current success, uh, and the way that they're expanding, you know, the existing narrative that we're all used to, you know, and they're just going into you know, new areas. It just shows that they've got a whole world that they can actually explore. You know, we've already been to Jakarta, we've been to uh, Boston, and now... Uh, I can't remember what the next city we were in, but anyway, it shows that this pandemic happened across the world, you know, and there's many stories that could actually interact with the core characters as well as maybe um, those who are responsible for the virus and the outbreak, you know, so it's going to be interesting to see exactly how that plays into uh, comes into play, uh, not to mention you know, a prequel, you know, they could even talk about Ellie's parents you know, uh, what was her relationship with Hess or with uh, Mylene Mylene um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see exactly how that actually came to play because obviously she had a certain, uh, Mylene had a certain affinity with Ellie, so maybe she knew her parents potentially. Well, she um, definitely knew her mom. Um, she talks about it in the show, and yeah. they are going to touch on that in the HBO series. Because <laughs> yes. That is who, um, the, so the actress who plays Ellie in the games plays her mom yeah. in the TV show. Does she? Oh, yeah, spoiler yeah. alert, dude. No, no, that. no, that 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 was all over. Ashley, Ashley Johnson has already spoke about it. So yeah, that's coming. So I mean, that's, no, how, that's your bubble that's is good. popped on that one. I was like, yeah, he doesn't yeah, know. He doesn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> I'm even more hyped up because now it's like if they're gonna explore it in the show. I mean, what they can do with the game just goes elsewhere, you know. Um, but yeah, man, that that sounds really good. So um, oh, I can't wait for the episode now. Jeez, you should yeah, not yeah, definitely. Can't even keep but anyway, I think that they're working on the next sequel. Yeah, I mean, and they've got to be careful. And he kind of has to. If he didn't want to, now he has to because the money that can be generated from TV and from HBO to expand your franchise much bigger, Sony will look at that now. And if he doesn't write The Last of Us 3, 
then there's that Game of Thrones instance where the TV show overtakes the core material, right? And we've got a second Last of Us game out, which we know Last of Us has been renewed for season two on HBO. We know it's going to cover The Last of Us 2. There's already rumors on the actress who has been um, apparently potentially cast by them to play... Um, I can't remember her name now. Um, oh, shit, what's her name? Oh, Not Ellie, the other one. The old girl, yeah, the, the antagonist. The antagonist, what <laughs> I don't listen to like listening. Thinking, what the hell? How do you not know? I know, I know. I'm, I'm... Abby, 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 Abby. That's yeah. it. The worst thing yeah, is, yeah. I went quiet there, and I was trying to think of her yeah. name, and all I kept thinking Abby, is, what am I going to do in the next transfer Abby, window on Football Abby, Manager? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My mind went blank, and I was like, right, what's her name? And then I started <laughs> thinking about Football Manager, and I was like, no, what's her name? Abby, yeah. yeah. Um. So we know that that's going to happen. And there is a potential story to tell. The question is, how do you... I think what would be really interesting is, obviously, if they do Ellie um, and the role's reversed and she's it's set in the future, she's now looking after her and Dina's child. Something happened to Dina. So she's in the Joel position from number one. But obviously, she loves this child already. But what would be cool is if throughout the game, she's dealing with situations and dilemmas that Joel briefly speaks about, about when he was on the wrong side, you know, and he was doing things that he wasn't proud of. You know what I mean? It'd be kind of cool if you were playing that Joel as well. So you were seeing that gap of the 20 years between, you know what I mean? There's that 20 year gap between where yeah. his daughter dies to where he wakes up and he, before he meets Ellie, there's, you never see what's in between. That, that would time. be, yeah, yeah, it's true. Cause you have alluded to his past. And, doesn't the, it? and, and then episode four, they, in the last yeah. HBO, they brought it up as well. Yeah, so yeah, it'd be kind of yeah, cool yeah. to see that Ellie's trying yeah. to protect this child, but she's having to do things that are questionable, which is what Joel spoke about that he used to do. That way you can still play as Joel in the game, you know, because you'd be playing those sections as well. And you'd still have potentially Pedro, in a future season three of it, if they were going to do it, you know, so it, the, the options are there. It's endless. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? As long yeah. as they don't go full blown fucking resident evil, right. Then we're all good. Oh, they um, can't do that. But I do. I do think, I think look, it's just going to end. The dilemma is going to be, will Ellie sacrifice herself for the greater good? No, you know, she will. She, you know, she, you, you know, she, you think she will. No, I, I, either. <laughs> she's got something to live for. Like, like you said, like a, a daughter now. You know, it's like that, but listen, that's that's the thing. That's the reason why she would do it. You know what I mean? Like the, the crazy thing is though, it's at that time Joel killed everyone who knew how to yeah. sort it out. He killed everybody because yeah. he was madman. Yeah. I can't wait to see that in this show, <laughs> right? Um yeah. so yeah, it'll be really interesting. Um to Spoilers. see Sorry, hopefully Spoilers. it is in development. <laughs> um, but there is something that was questionable in development, but has been confirmed yeah. that it is in development, and that's story number four, Alex. All right, moving on. So publishing giant Activision has uh, reiterated during its latest financial report that Call of Duty will be receiving a full premium release at some point this year. The company previously announced that a premium entry in the multi-million selling first-person shooter franchise will drop this year, although uh, it hasn't gone into any further details. Um, anyway, here's the latest statement on the matter. Across the Call of Duty franchise, our teams are working to amplify the success of the fourth quarter with 2023 plans, including even more engaging live services across platforms and the next full annual premium release in the Blockbuster series. 
I know there's a lot of fans of Card out there. Are you excited? <laughs> it just seems like I don't know. I don't really play the last edition. Did you? I just play the are campaigns. You, are you, the campaign. Are you getting card fatigue or? You can't get card fatigue because if obviously you can if you play like three, four, five hundred hours a year online or play Warzone or like the thing is if you play Warzone you can't really get fatigued because it's like a service it's an online service so it's a different type yeah, of yeah. game. If you buy COD every year and you play the campaign or you play the uh, cooperative modes or you play just deathmatch and stuff you can get the fatigue. I just play the campaign. It's like six hours. It's yeah. my Jerry Bruckheimer game of the year. You know what I mean? So, I and if anybody's wondering what does that mean, it's just your pickup action pack set pieces put back down. It's the video game of video games, right? For shooters. Yeah. So I can't yeah. get fatigue of it because by the time the next one comes out, I can't even remember the one I played previously. So, <laughs> oh, and the one... VR too. VR, PSVR too. Will they do that integration? We'll see what happens. But it's funny you mentioned VR, Alex, um, because that is a topic of our next story. The Essential NBA Newsletter is here. It's me, Zach Harper, and I'm bringing you the top NBA storylines each day, along with insider news from Shams Tarania and expert analysis from the Athletic NBA staff. It's all straight to your inbox for free with The Bounce. Sign up now for free at theathletic.com slash bounce newsletter. This week on the latest PSX, the hosts sit down and discuss episode four of The Last of Us HBO Show. Will it be yet another 10 out of 10 rating from Alex? If you haven't joined our Patreon this week, then head over to www.patreon.com forward slash latest PS5 or click the link in the description to listen to this week's extra episodes. Struggled for a long time with surviving. No matter what, you keep finding something to fight for. All right, Alex, this one's interesting, and I want to get your tech analysis on this. Pavlov is a VR first-person shooter that has been known to be coming to PlayStation VR 2 for some time. But now we also know ahead of its release that PlayStation might just be the best place to play it. A screenshot of a Discord conversation from the developer's own server shows a conversation in which the developer Vankrupt estimates that the game actually runs about 10% better on PlayStation 5 and PSVR 2 than it does on PC VR build equipped, equipped with a 3090-3090Ti graphics card, which is valued at $1,090. So this is a, the conversation. Uh, this is the question first. Uh, this is the developer. Um, it's the pinnacle of VR specifically for shooters. We have set up adaptive triggers so each weapon has different resistance and recoil, so you have more room for rendering. It's probably about 10% above PC VR just because it's console and its rendering is more efficient. Now, somebody then asked, What do you mean by 10% above PC VR? What GPU? And then he's like, 3090 Ti. So I googled that and it is like $1,100 for that graphics card. Now, the reason I can believe this is if you go online, ladies and gentlemen, we were going to put it in, but we thought we won't. Um, Gran Turismo 7 now, you can actually watch PSVR 2 gameplay, people playing the game. And it has been announced that the entire game is in PSVR 2. You can do campaigns online, anything you want, except split screen. 
Mm. But the whole game is available in VR. So that's like 99% of the game. And everybody who's played it, you know, all the publications that have played it have said the same thing. It looks even better in VR2 than it does on a TV. And that's because nice. of the that's because of the um foveated rendering that we're talking mm. about. And yeah. they and GT Planet, which is the absolute best place for Gran Turismo coverage outside of the latest PS5. <laughs> um they said the same thing. If you look at a screenshot, or like a, a flat screenshot, it doesn't do it justice because mm-hmm. what you're seeing is you can look at the edge of the screen and see the jagged edges and stuff on a screenshot because the foveated rendering is focused in the middle and that's what the screenshot yeah. has taken. But when you're mm-hmm. playing the game in a 3D pane, it's unbelievable. And you can just look at it on TV. And I was trying to, I was watching the gameplay and I was looking at the sides and I was trying to fuck up the sides. Like, you know, where's where, where's the pop-up? Where's the, where, where's the foveated running? You can't even tell because yeah. the game moves so quick. But I was just yeah. like, unbelievable. And then it got announced that the game is running in 4K, 120 frames per second in PSVR 2. <laughs> Your eyes are getting mashed yeah. up. Yeah, for real. And I guess the foveated rendering is just helping you know, it's just putting a lot less stress on the graphics side. You know, so it's just making sure that that one focal area that you're looking at has all the resources and it can just relax everything else around you. You know, I mean, that's a it's genius engineering. You know what I mean? Terms- what, what I love as well is a lot of the people were talking about, they were trying to catch it out. They were mm-hmm. trying to look at like one side of the screen and then zoom down, look at the furthest away to see if they could catch it and they yeah. couldn't. And then Sony yeah. said it's like 0.00003 of a second that <laughs> it takes to move. So it's going to beat your eye. As soon as your eyes yeah. move, the, the render's already moving. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. apparently it's got that anticipation tech where it can gauge where the eyes are going to move to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because of what's happening on screen. And I was just like, oh, bloody hell. You know what I mean? <laughs> but Two other features, Alex, I want to bring up about PSVR 2 um, that just came out. One, the theater mode is back, so you can use it as a cinema screen to play flat games. So if you want to watch a film in VR 2... So basically, if you want a super remote play, right, Mm -hmm. in your living room while the missus watches the TV, so be it, right? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But more importantly, Alex, once you have set up the PSVR 2 with using your TV in the room, Sony have said you no longer need the TV to play PSVR 2. The, the VR 2 is set okay. to the console. So oh, right. you, okay. you could you yeah, could you. turn around. You don't need to switch TV on. You can just switch the PlayStation on, switch the VR on, yeah. turn around whatever area is best to play VR, as long as it's still connected yeah. with that cable and you can play. So if you think yeah. about it this way, with the original PSVR in my living room, we had to face the TV. Remember, yeah, 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 yeah. between like an L-shaped couch and then obviously yeah. the fireplace. Now, I can have you facing the L-shaped couch. The TV doesn't need to be on. I so like when I was trying to make you and your younger brother not see each other play Batman, so it wasn't spoiling it for you. Now I just can leave the TV off while you guys are playing it. You know, yeah. I mean, no longer are we using the eye toy, or whatever <laughs> the PS4 would be, which is used to calibrate. Where exactly yeah, yeah, the user yeah. player was using it. So yeah, technically you can use it anyway. You can use it on the toilet if you wanted to. You know, and like we were talking earlier about the remote play, you know, they're incorporating all this tech just to make it a lot more convenient for the user now. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. You said toilet, VR, yeah. Pornhub. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. This week, but, yeah, no. <laughs> but I mean, 
You're gonna see like the pre-orders go straight up there. Like, what you can do that on FIFA? Exactly, exactly. But um, obviously, it's exciting times for VR, you know, and the numbers behind it are great. Um, but there's some numbers behind the next story which are really impressive. My transitions have been on fucking point today. Hit me with the number news, Alex. All right, rolling over to uh, HBO's The Last of Us has now become bigger and bigger with each episode, despite going head-to-head with the Grammy Awards this week's episode, four continues a streak with the highest viewership ratings yet. According to numbers from the Nielsen's group and HBO, episode four had 7.5 million viewers, a 17% increase from last week's episode, and a 60% increase compared to the premiere. Live Sunday viewership numbers are as follows. Episode one was 4.7 million. Episode two, 5.7 million. Episode 3, 6.4 million. And episode 4, 7.5 million. Now, who, I mean, obviously garnered a lot of attention after last week's episode, which was a phenomenon. You know, it was all over the place. But uh, to see that they've actually increased viewership, I guess, is a natural effect of it all, you know, because now a lot more people are, uh, are venturing into the world. And I think a lot of people just assume that this show was just going to be another zombie show. And I think that's the reason why people kind of turned up initially. But I think after watching the first two episodes, people start to realize, hold on, there's something different about this. Episode three was a stark left, <laughs> you know, which obviously engaged a lot of the audiences who probably wouldn't even consider this franchise. And now episode four is just showing the fruits of the labor, you know, and it'd be interesting to see if this trend continues uh, going forward. Um, obviously, obviously, you want to dive into episode four, but I'm sure we'll be diving into that in the Patreon episode. But yeah, yeah good yeah. news. Yeah, definitely. Um, I knew that this week there was, it was a surefire guarantee that this episode was going to go higher because of last week's uh, episode three. And it was just yeah, loads of people, loads of topic and discussions on it. People loved it. People hated it because obviously they've got their own personal views on the matter. But people were talking and engaging about it. So you knew the, this week's viewership was going to go up. This week's episode was interesting because it was that transitional episode. And there had to be that some point where they transition to what's going to happen yeah. next and that was episode four so it'll be interesting to see if these new people maintain to watch live next week or are they like oh okay i'll wait and i'll watch it on record or whatever but yeah great viewership numbers absolutely stunning happy for it i'm loving the show as well can't wait to talk about it so let's move on to the chart as fast as possible so we can finish recording this episode and record that latest psx <laughs> patreon episode where we talk about the last of us over to you demi <laughs> It is time for the UK Top 10 Sales Charts of the Week. Hit a high note there. I'm getting better at it. If you are keeping up with The Last of Us like we are still, the TV adaptation of The Last of Us had been boosting sales of the PS4 and PS5 versions of the game, as we know. But this week, it is finally starting to slow down as The Last of Us Part 1 on PS5 remains at number 15. Elsewhere, Sonic Frontiers bounces up the charts to number 13. The Sega game jumped 78% in sales this week, whereas the week before, it improved by 93%. Interesting. Let's see if it can make it back up to the top 10, shall we? Speaking of which, let's get started. We have a new entry kicking off into the top 10. SpongeBob SquarePants, The Cosmic Shake. This makes me so happy. SpongeBob SquarePants was my childhood. Was that anyone else's? If it wasn't, then I don't know about your childhood, sweetheart. I'm sorry. Anyway, 
at number nine is Pokemon Violet with Grand Theft Auto 5 making a comeback into the top 10 at number eight. At number seven is Minecraft with Nintendo Switch Sports at number six. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 is at number five with Mario Kart 8 at number four. At number three, Last week's chart topper, Dead Space, slips back down to number three after an entirely respectable 52% sales drop week on week. Which leaves us to our top two. Hmm, any guesses of what they could be? I'm literally on the edge of my seat. At number two is God of War Ragnarok. It's back up to number two after a 12% whereas this week. And at number one... You know what? I was going to refuse doing the sales charts this week because FIFA 23 is back at number one in the UK physical charts after an 11% increase in sales week on week. We're never going to get rid of it, are we? It just keeps on coming back. Um, Yeah, I don't really know what to say now. I'm in a bad mood. Back to the guys. <laughs> Catch me next week for the update. PlayStation. Alex, it's back. You jinxed oh it. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto 5 is back at number 8, ladies clearly, and gentlemen. Clearly, clearly, we need another PSA, another public service announcement for these mother lovers out there. I still <laughs> love and uh, Grand Theft Auto 5. Why, people? Why? Just it's why? crazy. It must it's... have been all, after all the uh, GT6 news, um, or the lack thereof. Uh, but anyway, people are missing that franchise. But, you know what it is, hey. though, as well? It's again, it's, I think it ties into the next little sales bit of story. Um, PS5 stock has sent sales of consoles surging in the UK with Sony's latest home console seeing an, an, an over a 98% increase in sales compared to the same period last year. Now, we know when people buy a PlayStation 5, GTA is on in the top three of I need to pick up a Grand Theft Auto. Obviously, if it's not for a child, but if there's an adult in the house, they're like, oh, you need to pick up yes. a GTA. You know what I mean? It's a Grand Theft Auto. So um, you can see that. I mean, the fact that PlayStation 5 is literally doubling what it did last January doesn't surprise me because obviously stock availability is a big thing. God of War is a big thing, as we see with it climbing in the chart again. Um, but... Yeah, speaking of Grand Theft Auto, Alex, Take-Two announced that Grand Theft Auto 5 has now managed to sell a whopping 175 million copies since it launched nearly a wow. decade ago. This is the 10-year anniversary this year of Grand Theft Auto 5. You know what I mean? <laughs> the reporting months for this quarter are from October to December of last year, with the title up 5 million copies. So in defense, Sony, uh, in the defense of your words it didn't go up 10 million like it does every quarter it only went up 5 million in this no i don't even want it to go one people need to stop. <laughs> <I don't mean. laughs> it's slowing down in the quarter alex it's slowing down they realize they're just, they're just not going to come out take two we'll just say you know what yeah let's just let's just relax in fact let's just wait till the ps6 comes out and then we can release gta 6 mm. that's what they're doing and it's funny <laughs> right because we talk about The Last of Us, we talk about God of War, we talk about Mario Kart, we talk about all these games. Ladies and gentlemen, GTA 5 isn't the only title from Take-Two that saw some impressive numbers as Red Dead Redemption 2, a cowboy narrative-driven open-world RPG game, has now broke 50 million copies since 2018. 
28 10 million copies a year average for this game not even that more than that because we've only just got into 2023 but again ladies this is an 18 rated narrative driven game that is only accessible to certain demographics who can actually go into a store and buy it and it's at 50 million and i'm not surprised because like i said to you for god of that year that God of War 2018 come out, and I've already said to people, you know, where it ranks in my all-time list, the fact that Red Dead could have won wouldn't have bothered me, wouldn't have surprised me, whether it was as long as it was one of those two. It was like this year where it was only going to be Ragnarok or Elden Ring that wins. That year it was only going to be God of War 2018 or Red Dead Redemption 2. Red Dead Redemption 2 was close to the most perfect open-world game you've ever seen. And for it to hit 50 million, and it rarely drops to gta pricing you know what i mean is great and that's impressive when you consider red dead has been on game pass and gone it's been on playstation plus and gone and it's still fucking selling you know what i mean it's mad and there's still no ps5 patch what in god's green earth is happening there where is the ps5 version that's what happens when people keep buying the game they don't care (laughs) Uh, but i do want to know if will they make a part three do you think Oh, 100%. I mean, you don't make a single-player game like that and sell 50 million copies and then you not do it again. Problem is, it's miles away. And the problem with Red Dead is the people who wrote the script for it are no longer at Rockstar. So I don't think it'd be as good. They left and they're making their own game for PlayStation. So, you know. Okay, okay. Nice, nice. Right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's it for this episode this week. Uh, We usually go into questions this week, but a lot lot of the questions were about The Last of Us Episode 4, so we're going to save that for uh, our (laughs) Patreon-exclusive episode. So again, click the link in the description to go over to Episode 4 or go to www.patreon.com forward slash latest PS5. You can have access to that episode there. Alex, any final words for this week? Did you know that diarrhea is... Runs in your genetics. I've messed up the joke, haven't I? <laughs> no, it you, know you have diarrhea. Or... Why? Because it runs in your no, genes. No, no. Come on, man! No, no, Come no, no, on! No, 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 no! It was in the last episode of uh, Last of Us. Uh, she said it, and it was a proper dad joke, man. But it was actually funny. And we were just saying it. No, that's it. You know that diarrhea was hereditary. It runs in your genes, and that's the one joke that got Joel right. <laughs> you know, for the first time before episode. So, uh, but definitely, people, if you haven't checked it out, check out the latest episode of The Last of Us. Uh, and if you look it. up, if you look up diarrhea in the dictionary, you'll find a picture of Alex playing Tekken. Oh, good night, everybody! Try to play. Good night, everybody. See you on the. See you on Patreon. <laughs>